0: Hello, I'm David Sparks and joined by my co-host, Rosemary Orchard, and this is The Automators where we talk about how to automate your technology to do your work for you. Hello, Rose.
1: Hey, how are you doing, David?
0: Good, good. We are both doing a lot of travel lately, so Mm -hmm. you are recovering from a trip. I'm getting ready to leave on a trip, but we always make time for automation. In fact, I feel like... We've done shows on travel automation before, but I, I do find it's so helpful. Just this morning, I ran my little shortcut that generates my reminders list of my packing list. I uh-huh. love that thing so much. You know, uh, if you go back and listen to the episode, the way I set mine up, it's got little separate checklists. Like, is there going to be water where you're going? Are you bringing an iPad? And like, so you just check off the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the arrays that you want and it auto populates. It makes me so happy when that thing runs. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, I, I do the same thing with drafts and it so mine is just a list in drafts and it's sorted by emoji. And honestly, it's so great, like you scroll to the soap section and like that's all of the toiletries. You scroll to the lipstick emoji and that's all of the like makeup. And yeah. then it's alphabetized within that, because emoji, alpha sort, so like, you know, like all the lipstick things get grouped together, The sub things get grouped I, together. I do exactly the same, I have um, my lipstick together yeah. too, that's good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you definitely should, but you know, like, I, I obviously, like, I have a computer for, like, techie stuff and things like that, and it's, it's really nice to be able to do that and just be like, yes, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, like, do I need a costume when I'm traveling, is there a costume party involved, or, like, yeah. a special outfit, like, check that off, like, maybe, maybe not traveling for costume parties so often, but... I have, like, costume party slash special outfit, uh, which is a little Supergirl emoji. Well, yeah.
0: it's, it's very yeah. satisfying watching automation create that for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, the two benefits of automation are always they're fast and they're reliable and they don't make mistakes. And just going through the list this morning after I had the shortcut generated just reminded me, like, there are things on this list I would have forgot to pack. Oh, yeah. And definitely because the automation runs it i i never miss a beat and and i i'm always tweaking that automation adding little bits and bobs to it but boy do i love it and uh and you know you helped me generate that when we used race for it. it it's a it's more complicated than a very simple text list but i uh i'm really happy with it either way today we wanted to talk about safari automation and i know this is a very narrow topic but safari is apple's browser they use it across all their devices uh, the the reason I use Safari more than any other is because it's so respectful of battery life compared mm-hmm. to its competitors, and I do a lot of stuff on mobile. You know, when you're on your laptop, your iPad, your iPhone, you don't want your browser killing your battery, and Apple does a good job of that. I'm also yeah. pretty invested in iCloud, and I like the way it shares tabs and does things, but there mm-hmm. are limitations, and we're going to talk about that today. Uh, but yeah. I thought it'd be fun to share with automators how we we kind of view getting automation done with Safari.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, um, and actually you reminded me of something there by saying, you know, like you like things like the iCloud sync. And this was something I struggled with with Safari for a while. I was like, yeah, my tab groups aren't syncing. Like I don't quite know what's going on. And I realized after a while that the problem was actually that I was using Safari technology preview on my Mac. And Safari Technology Preview is not Safari. It's like the next version. It's the beta version. Yeah. Um, it's got this cool purple icon, which may have contributed to me wanting to use yeah, it. I,
0: I believe that definitely played a role for you, Rose.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, possibly. Um, and Safari Technology Preview is great. And I, I always love seeing the features that are coming. But the problem with it um, that I had was that things weren't syncing. So therefore, um, you know, like that the magic wasn't happening and my tab groups weren't on all of my devices and so on. And I couldn't figure out why for ages. And that and that was why. So, you know, making sure you're using the right Safari, definitely part of the uh, the automation magic. Because there's a whole bunch of settings that you can set up in Safari as well. So that you get, you know, magic without really having to do anything in particularly special. Like, for example, making sure that my downloads folder is a folder that is actually watched by Hazel. So that everything then just kind of like feeds into my other automations. That's what the settings that you can customize in Safari.
0: Yeah, and just on that note, I am uh, I am always on the hairy edge of the um, the beta cycle. You know, when when we listen to some of our other podcaster friends who are like fifteen and twenty years younger than I am. They always say, oh, yeah, when I was young, I would always run the betas, but now I'm older and wiser and I never do that. Well, somehow I never got the message. (laughs) Right now I'm broadcasting on a computer that's running a beta, looking at a phone that's on a beta, and I've got an iPad attached that's on a beta. All Mm -hmm. that said, I don't run the technology preview of Safari. That's like where I draw the line because I do like having all the features working, and I don't find that... Um, seeing what's next for Safari is worth the the big hole it makes in my life of not having Safari work reliably, so I don't do it. But you, could. I mean,
1: it's not
2: that it doesn't work reliably; it's just that things like the syncing and so on, and like having like the tabs open on your other computers and so on, that doesn't work because Safari Technology Preview, each Safari Technology Preview install is its own little thing um and so Safari technology preview on my Mac Studio doesn't talk to Safari technology preview on my MacBook Pro and things like that and they they don't talk to to Safari at all. Um so yeah, I I miss out on the or I was missing out on iCloud magic. So that's that's why I don't run it but I still check the release notes. There's cool stuff in there.
0: And no iCloud sync for me means it's not working reliably though. <laughs> so although, although although if they added a feature where um, you could get tab groups with automation with it, I would be sorely tempted, but we will get to that oh, yeah. later. We, we would get be all over that. Um, but but I do think you kind of have a great point that the first step of automating Safari is is in the setup of the application. I think a lot of people just go with the default setups and those are okay, but those are made by Apple for all consumers. But if you're an automator, you may need to take it up a up a notch.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, I already mentioned the downloads location, you know, some people like having stuff download to their desktop, some people don't, um, the default location is your downloads folder, which is where nearly everything on my Mac goes when it, you know, appears out of nowhere. Um, and so that includes stuff like screenshots and so on. And I just, you know, I I I, I double checked, um, and that's that's where my downloads are going. Um, but there are some other things as well, like um, in in the general settings. You know, you can choose what new tabs and new windows open with, and you can also choose what Safari opens with. So if you quit Safari, what happens when you reopen it? Um, and um, what I have is I have it open all my um, non-private windows from the last session. I don't really use private windows in Safari, um, at least not very often. Um, uh, but if I do and then I quit Safari, then it's probably something that I don't want reopening because it was like, you know, I was opening this to log into my mom's account in iCloud or something like that, obviously with her permission. Um, and so, yeah, I, I've gone through and customized what happens with my new windows and my new tabs. And I actually do use um, the start page in Safari. Um, and my start page is set to um, my favorites in the bookmarks. So my favorites are that bar that can appear um, uh, underneath the address bar and I do actually have that shown David Um, I know not everybody does this um, but I do have that shown and actually I put all of my bookmarks in favorites Um, I don't know if this is an automation but I have a folder called bookmarks inside of the favorites for anything that I don't really necessarily want like in like the main menu um, but then like all of my bookmarks live inside of favorites and so my start page is set to my favorites so that I can just see bookmarks Um, and so, which works very well for me, especially on iOS, uh, iOS, you know, I, I like being able to tap into the menu bar and then seeing all those favorites in my start page, you know, just helps if I need to quickly access one of them.
0: That's interesting because I do the exact same thing. And, and let's talk about bookmarks for a second. Um, bookmarks are old school automation. You know, it is a, a bookmark to take you to a specific location but with modern mac automation tools and i'm talking to you raycast, hazel and all the related apps you can access things that are your bookmark you can search your bookmarks with with um with um any of these applications like alfred you just trigger alfred you start typing in the name of your bookmark and you do need to enable it in the alfred settings but it's a ridiculously fast way to get to websites that you visit frequently mm-hmm. and- uh, yep. So th- that's the first reason to do bookmarks. And just like Rose, I, if you go to the View menu in Safari, you can have it show the um, um, the the favorites the across bar. the top. Yeah. yeah, and you can nest those too. So, like for instance, if you go into bookmark setups, you can nest it to have like the Mac ones together or the finance ones together or whatever, and then those will drop down. It's got a little disclosure triangle pointing down. So you can really get to your most easily and frequently use bookmarks very quickly. I know for some people, this is like stuff they've known for a long time, but not everybody does.
1: Yes,
2: exactly. And it's one of those things where whenever we're coming up with, you know, fancier, better automations for things or like, Oh, like when I type this in, um, my, my URL bar, I'd really like auto complete to do this. Well, if you add a bookmark with the name of whatever it is you're going to type, then that's an autocomplete that's going to work on iOS and macOS. So it's certainly worth considering as an option because honestly, adding bookmarks for stuff has made it way easier for me to find those websites that I go back to. And this is why I have just like a generic bookmarks folder of like, this is stuff I don't really want to see. But, uh, you know, it's there because then when I type it, it's going to auto-complete it and find it. Um, And also, every so often, you'll get something that somehow, like, got into your, like, Safari history and suggestions. And so, like, you'll type in the one that always happens for me, Pimeroni. It's a Raspberry Pi store Um, that's over here in the UK. Um, But whenever I type Pimeroni, it, like, tries to suggest the newsletter. <laughs> and uh, I, I turned out I'd accidentally bookmarked a newsletter ages and ages ago. And so, obviously that episode of the newsletter wasn't available anymore, and then it wasn't opening that. Um, and so I deleted that bookmark. It's very easy to add a bookmark, by the way, Command-D. Um, and uh, yeah, so I deleted that and made sure I had Pimeroni in my Safari uh, bookmarks. And voila, now I no longer have that dodgy autocomplete popping up.
0: Yeah. And while bookmarks, again, are very basic, they also are a belt and suspenders answer to other automation like I frequently, and we'll talk about later in the show, I have these setups that I run through Keyboard Maestro and Shortcuts where I'll s- open a bunch of tabs at once. And uh, for instance, today when we started recording the show, I, I ran an automation that opened up everything, all the tabs I need in Safari to to record a show of the Automator's podcast. But occasionally that stuff breaks and it just happens. But you've always got that backup of those bookmarks you can go to. Mm-hmm when that yeah. happens. And, you know, automation isn't perfect. And sometimes you need something like that.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, related to that, um, there's a setting um, for um, your tabs where you can say that command click opens a link in a new tab, but then you can also command click on your bookmarks in the favorite section. But if you command click on a folder, it's going to open all of the bookmarks in that folder. This is why I have certain folders in my um in in my favorites because that way I can command click and it'll open, for example, I've got one for um it's just called forums and it'll open like the automators forum and the uses forum and the agenda yeah. forums and the bunch forums and draft forums and home assistant and popclip and all of that jazz. But I can just, you know, um command click on on one of those and it'll open all of those. Uh, another uh little trick um is also the um middle button. If you have like a mouse with a scroll wheel, if you click using the scroll wheel, on any of those bookmarks, that acts as a middle click and that'll open it in a new tab or middle clicking on a uh, open tab will close it, which is really nice uh, when you just need to get rid of some of those things.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about automating and moving tabs in a minute because there's more to it than that. Uh, But just kind of finishing out this topic, how often do you audit your bookmarks?
2: So I don't audit them super often, but I will go through every once in a while and be like, oh, time for a little cleanup and and get rid of stuff. I found that this is a good like, you know, brain dead activity of things to do where I can just like go through and get rid of stuff. Um, I have also used um, a bookmark syncing app before, um, and I do use it still, uh, just to be clear. Um, uh, I've forgotten the name of it right now, and um, I can't like, uh, I think it's bookmarkster, um, it is, it's book, Macster, uh, Mac stir, Mac Mac OS. Um, and I can put a link to that in the show notes, but what this will do is it can go through and like, I do use it for syncing my bookmarks so that I get my bookmarks out of Safari into, um, Firefox, um, because I have a, a Firefox profile that then can sync that across two other machines. Um, a- and you know, in, in those Firefoxes. Um, but it can also look for dead links and it can alphabetize links within folders for me as well, meaning that like, you know, the the, the various, um, you know, folders or uh, bookmarks are all alphabetized, which is quite useful when you are looking for something. Um, and because it will find those dead links, I don't need to worry about, you know, um, too many, you know, bad things popping up and every so often I'll, you know, get that out and run that. And, you know, usually I'm using Safari. As a developer, I do love using Firefox as well for that stuff. Um, Safari's web developer tools, they're, they're not bad, but I'm just so used to the ones in Firefox and how Firefox works. Um, and quite frankly, um, at least in my day job, there's very few people using Safari. So while I open it to test what I've done, its I'm better off using Firefox, uh, given the choice between that and a Chrome-based browser. Um, I, I stick with Firefox.
0: Yeah, that Firefox is also my... Um my on-deck browser if I need something else for some reason. Although I have to say, I don't hit that problem as much as I used to about Safari not working nicely with whatever websites I go to. I mean, it used to be more frequent that Safari just wouldn't work, but it's uh, big enough, I think, probably because of the iPhone success that you don't see it as often.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where a lot, for for a very long time, um, uh, people didn't really think that Safari was a proper browser and just didn't really support it. So you had to run something else. Yeah. Um and now, you know, with the rise of the popularity of Safari on the Mac and also the improvements of Safari has made as well. You know, there's a really great developer team working behind Safari. Um and, you know, they 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 actually aim to be part of the web standards as well, you know, helping create new web standards as well as, you know, implementing those, you know, standard web conventions. Um, in Safari. And, you know, I think that's gone a really long way to making Safari a proper first class browser. Whereas before, you know, you know, people used to use Vivaldi and Opera over Safari. Yeah. That definitely doesn't happen now.
0: Yeah. And and I would recommend you audit those tabs. That I There's a lot of stuff I always say you should audit on your computer. I'm good at some of it and bad at some of it, but the tabs are one thing that I kind of keep on top of because it is right there. And For so much of what I do, the web is my workspace. So I want to make sure it's clean and gives me what I need. Um, uh, Let's talk a little bit about autofill. That's one of the Safari settings I don't think a lot of people understand.
2: Yeah, so autofill is, I mean, it can be a great feature. It's the thing that can use, um, you know, it can autofill in your username and your password. Um, which if you are using another, you know, password management system like 1Password, you probably will disable. can also fill out credit cards and use information from your contacts and it can fill out other forms. Um, I personally have every single one of these unchecked because I just use 1Password to fill out all of these. But if you are using them, then I definitely recommend going and checking the autofill settings and then clicking on the little edit button next to it. Because um it will allow you to see like what credit cards can this be auto filling. So if you've got a credit card in there that's expired, for example, um, and you don't want that um auto filling, like you can you can go in and, and unlock you'll have to, you know, enter a password to unlock the credit card um information. And same with the passwords and so on, but that is a good way to clear out some of the old dead data yeah. um, that is in there if you have that enabled or if you've found that you've got one password and you want one password auto filling things or last pass or get water in or whoever, um, then uh, you can, you can uh, just go in and uncheck all of those options and then you won't have competing things in filling stuff in.
0: Yeah. What you don't want is to have both of them trying to fill at the same time.
2: No, no, definitely not. At the very minimum, make sure they're different keyboard shortcuts. Yeah. Now, one thing that by default,
0: the search engine of Safari is Google. And there's all sorts of news stories out there, none of which are really confirmed. But I think they're believable that in order to become the default search engine, there there's money changing hands, you know, which wouldn't surprise me.
2: That certainly used to be the case. Um, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm not so sure exactly how that is now. Um, yeah. But what I can say now is, um, you know, I have my default search engine set to DuckDuckGo. Yeah. Um, And I have this for a number of reasons, privacy being one of them. The other reason is an automation related reason. If you ever want to just quickly Google something to get somebody the right link. If I do this in Google, you know, if I search for something using Google and then I right click on that link in the Google search results and I click copy link and I go in and I paste it wherever messages, um, you know, email, whatever, I'm going to get a Google link, which will then redirect them to the search result. If I copy the link from DuckDuckGo, I get the link that is the real link. It's the end result. So if I was searching for Apple, then the Google link would be Google blah, 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 blah. Um, You know, something very decipherable. Um, And then if I copy it from DuckDuckGo, Duck, it'll be Apple.com or HTTPS colon Um, And that is just something that I really like because it can give somebody the real link. Um, And the preview that they get will probably look the same. But it means that I, they don't have a bunch of tracking being passed on to them from me. Um, and yeah, it's it's also nice if somebody's just looking at the, the, the web address. They're not going like, is this person trying to hack me? Is something going wrong here? Like, what's up? Um, you know, they can just see that it's the regular web address.
0: And now as we drive by DuckDuckGo, first of all, I agree. DuckDuckGo is my default search engine on every platform. Uh, there is a thing in DuckDuckGo, which is an automator topic that we could literally drop into a black hole of an entire episode on called bang mm-hmm. modifiers. And oh, yeah. I, I, that's what we I call it. I'm not sure what the official that. name is, but the, uh, I just looked up currently there. DuckDuckGo has 13,563 bangs. And what that is, is it's an exclamation point plus a code that allows you to do searches directly on other um, search platforms. Like if you wanted to do an Amazon search in DuckDuckGo, you just type exclamation point A, then space, and then the search. And you just do that in your search
2: bar. You can also put that exclamation mark at the end because every so often I'll do this. If I, and I haven't needed to do this in a long time, but uh every so often I'd search for something on dot dot go and it wouldn't come back with it. So I'd then put an exclamation mark G at the end, you know, so space exclamation mark G at the end of my search result and it would uh then search Google I didn't for know that. that. I didn't know but that. There right. we go. Well, there we go. We've both learned something today because I didn't realize that an Amazon search was part of this. I usually use Alfred to search Amazon, but that's uh one of those things where you don't necessarily want to do that.
0: <laughs> and maybe if you're listening, you're saying, but, but Dave, Rose, I really love Google search. I think the results are good, and I want to use those sometimes. There's a bang well, for that. Bang G. Yep,
2: exclamation mark G. Yep. Yeah. So.
0: And there uh, go. Google Images, bang GI. So it, it's just really easy to, once you get those under your fingers, then that becomes a feature that using other search engines you don't get. And it's almost like, putting a little version of Alfred in your search bar <laughs> I don't know how else to put it but but I've been using dectic over years and I've got these now as muscle memory mm-hmm. and I use them all the time but if you go to the website I'll put a link in the uh, in the show notes to their uh, explanation and you can see all the different platforms you can search and pretty much anything you want to do is in there and you just kind of memorize that and you're good to go
2: yes. Um, and, um, you know, while we're talking about search, there's also the possibility of, um, including Safari suggestions, preloading the top hit, showing your favorites, um, and so on in the, when, so when you click into that, it's, it's not just a search bar. It's actually, um, the, uh, I had the, had the tab open just now and I've, I've forgotten what it's called. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not just the, t- the search bar because it's the search and address bar, um. But yeah, um and also you can enable a quick website search for certain websites. And so you can actually add websites into your search so that you you can then, you know, search those websites specifically. Um so yeah, that's that's some of the 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 nice options that are available there. Um but there is something else I use, David, um, because Safari has reader mode, right? Yeah. Um and reader mode is it's it's great because you can just you know click on it and it'll take something that's maybe got some weird and wonky formatting you know the classic one is a recipe website right like yeah. you, you look for a recipe for something and there's 48 pages of how my grandmother's barn makes me homesick and i miss my grandmother's barn yeah. and then there's you know like a one page recipe that there's a bazillion pictures of random stuff that are, you know, essentially ads for other things on that site, like interspersed in the 48 pages. And if you click on reader mode, usually this stuff goes away. But at the minimum, you're not going to have the lime green text on the fuchsia background. Yeah, Uh, You're going to have, like, white text on a black background or black text on a white background or grays or whatever it is you've got it set to. So under websites in the Safari settings, I have a bunch of websites automatically use reader mode. Um, And this just makes it, so much nicer, um, to, to use, um, now to set this up, um, you know, you, you actually do it on the website. So when you are on the website and you, you, you show reader mode, um, that, that icon for show reader mode, if you right click on it, then you can say, use reader mode automatically on this website domain dot whatever. Um, and then once you've done that, um, you know, it will then be, Available there as as an option for yes, I want to use this automatically, and it will it, it will just do it. Um, and there is similar options for things like autoplay, um, where you can enable and disable autoplay. Um, and um, the default for me um, is actually set to never autoplay, but there is an option for stop media with sound, um, so that's that's worth considering. And similarly, there's options for default page zoom. So a website like has this weird formatting where everything just looks a little bit small and, like, off to the left, you might want to zoom in a bit on that. Yeah. And giving things access to screen sharing, location, camera, etc. Um, But, yeah, there, there, there are some options there. Also, if you get notifications from some random website and you're like, where, where is this coming from? Like, why do I want this? It's 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 going to be under websites um, so that you can, you know, disable that um, if you if you want to get rid of those, you know, and be like, no, I I don't want the PopClip forum to be able to send me edifications or whatever it is that's doing that.
0: Sometimes you just have an interest that attracts old web pages, like I am. Um, I do a little bit of woodworking and I love hand tools, but some of the best hand tool reviews were written in like 1995 web 1.0, and oh yeah, you know you 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 stumble onto these websites that have just great information, but you know this is like always it's like a black screen with like gray text on it, super small. Uh, you know, doesn't flow, doesn't do anything. And you just hit the read reader mode and it just fixes it for you. And uh, Mm -hmm. whatever your interest is, if you bump into websites like that, you're one button push away from fixing it. Um, Let's get back before we move on to tabs, just, you know, navigating and moving tabs, I think is another nice area of automation. Uh, I think people don't realize that um, there's a lot you can do with tabs. You've already mentioned several of them. Uh, But even just, like, navigating between tabs with the keyboard I think is super useful. And that's done with the control key. So it's control plus tab, the tab key on your keyboard, or control plus shift plus tab key. And I find that really just a very easy way when you get a lot of tabs. And it's it's just so, you know so on automator to stop and take the mouse and go up and click when you can just hit a couple keyboard shortcuts. And one of the tricks I did is when I opened Safari, my stream deck plus has that dial on it and it actually pre programs the leftmost dial to use those keyboard shortcuts. So I can just spin nice. the dial if I really want, although to be honest with you, I still find myself using the keyboard shortcut more than anything else.
2: Yeah, I mean one of the things I actually do is so I tend to keep the most important tabs over on the left and the least important tabs on the right. Yeah. Um and so that means that the, the the nine most important tabs are gonna be command one, command two, command three, etc., through to command nine, because yeah. that is an option um in um in Safari. Um, you know, if you if you look under the tabs, then you can you can do that. And this is also very important because when I right-click on a tab. Then I get the option, um, assuming that there is a tab to the right, it says, you know, you can close tab, close other tabs, or close tabs to the right. Every so often, I've ended up with my window kind of back to front, and I've got a bunch of stuff like on the left side that I want to get rid of. Yeah. And So what you can do then is you can actually press option, and then you can close the tabs to the left. I can't believe how long I didn't know that for um because uh like i i use this feature heavily in firefox of like close tabs to the left i don't want any of the tabs to the left this doesn't by the way include pin tabs it won't close those pin tabs unless you explicitly go to close them um but um it's so useful for like okay yeah i just want to like you know i want to close all the tabs to the left of this and just get rid of them done or close the tabs to the right um or close all the other tabs um though i have every once in a while uh david just move this tab to a new window and then close the window to, to get around that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, tab management is a big deal. I I'm actually pretty fastidious about that. I don't like to have 50 tabs open. Um, I don't, I just try to keep what I'm working on, Uh, but we'll get later to tab groups because in a, in a way I'm a violator of my own rule because of tab groups. But we'll, we'll get there.
2: Yes. Yes, we will. Um, And honestly, you know, having, features like that available are really handy. Um, and one of the things that I do do if I've got a bunch of windows open and I've ended up with loads of windows, with loads of Safari tabs, it's under the window option, merge all windows. Like, get, get get all my Safari windows, jam them into this one. We're good, thanks. You know, so long. Thanks for all the fish windows. I don't need you anymore. This can be very useful. Um, uh, on, on iOS, uh, if you tap and hold on the tab icon, um, like the one that would create a new tab, you can also merge all your Safari windows right there as well. Um, and that that is such a useful feature for, you know, my mother's inevitable. I had this link open just now, and now it's not open in Safari. Like, tap and hold on the thing, merge all your windows together, you created another Safari window again. Um, and, uh, yeah, solves that problem right there.
0: This episode of The Automators is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash For high speed, secure, and anonymous VPN services, and you'll get an extra three months for free. Watching Netflix without using ExpressVPN is like playing your favorite game and not using all the power ups. Why limit yourself when there's so much more fun to be had? I don't know if you know this, but some of the streaming services have different content libraries for every country. So there are tons of shows available in other countries, and with a VPN, you can access those other libraries. It basically tweaks where Netflix or other services think you are right now. The other day, I was feeling some nostalgia for Back to the Future. I loved that movie as a kid. Well, guess what? It's available on Canadian Netflix. So I just logged in saying that I was in Canada, and I watched Back to the Future with just one click by opening the app, choosing the country I want Netflix to think I'm in, and refreshing And by the way, Back to the Future is still an awesome movie. There are so many reasons to choose ExpressVPN. First, it has blazing fast speeds. You can stream in HD with zero buffering. And it's compatible with all your devices, phones, laptops, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. Plus, they have servers in 94 different countries, so you can gain access to thousands of new shows. And it works with other streaming services like BBC iPlayer, YouTube, and many more. You can stop paying full price for streaming services and only getting access to a fraction of their content. So get your money's worth at expressvpn.com/automators. Don't forget to use the link at expressvpn.com/automators to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. And our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of the Automators podcast and all of Relay FM.
2: So something else, David, that I wanted to look at for automation purposes are Safari extensions, because I feel like, you know, there there's some ones that we've talked about before. Um, one that we've definitely talked about before is Omsave, uh, O-M-S-A-V-E, which is available in the App Store uh, for a couple of bucks, which allows you to quickly save stuff to OmniFocus with preferences. Um, and then literally I just, I, I click one icon in the, in the menu bar, uh, it's not in the menu bar, sorry. It's an icon in in the address bar area, like near the back button or on the other side, depending on where you've put it. Um, and it will pre-populate um my Safari, uh, sorry, my Omnifocus uh quick capture with the information that I want. Um, but OmSave, you know, lets you do some 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 extra bits in there as well. So you can say, okay, but I always want this to go to these, the this project um, or whatever. And that's one of my my favorite little little Safari extensions, but there are a whole bunch more that we can talk about as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that one is so automation, right? Because it's saving you work in terms of your OmniFocus capture. And over the years, like I had yes. been using, uh, you know, OmniFocus has its own automation where you can assign a service, which captures any text into an OmniFocus task. And for over the years, I had got the habit of going into the URL bar you know, and just grabbing that text and saving it to Omnifocus with that built-in shortcut. But Om Save is so much better. I mean, this is one that almost needs to be Sherlock by the Omni Group. But the uh it's it's a great little yeah. feature. And I'm I'm with you 100 percent on that. But but there are more. There are definitely more.
2: Yeah, there there are a whole bunch more. Um, and you know, I'll I'll just go through some of the ones that I use on a regular basis. Um, and so, um, one of the ones I use is awesome screenshot. Um, now if you use, um, the default screenshot, um, options on, on OS, I believe this is present now. Um, and it's certainly, if you take a screenshot on iPadOS or iOS, then you can, um, change the screenshot after you've taken it in Safari to say, Hey, I want to take a screenshot of the whole web page, yeah. please. And then it'll share it as a PDF. Um, this is fine. This is great, but Um, sometimes I need to, like, I use, um, clean shot and I don't necessarily want to do the scrolling screenshot thing. So I often use awesome screenshot on Mac OS. And what I love about awesome screenshot is it's also available for Firefox and Chrome. And this can take a screenshot of a whole web um, for you so that you can, you can get, you know, everything in one screenshot. And then it doesn't just save as a screenshot, it'll let you like share it or upload it somewhere and create a link to it or whatever. Um, so you've got all of your options. Um, and that, for me, is just a very nice little useful tool where I don't have to remember anything in particular. Again, I can just click on one of those little icons, and it will go away and do its thing.
0: Uh, another one that I like is the um, is URL Linker. <laughs> it's just a way to copy oh, yeah. your URL in your favorite format. It just yeah. I, maybe you turned me onto this one, Rose, but I find I, I use it all the time.
2: So this was this is Scotty Jackson special. Um and he turned me onto it yeah. and then I turned you onto this, um. So basically, yeah. yeah, you you just like you can define five formats to save your um or to copy your the the, the web page as and then when you right click on the web page, then you you can just copy it as that. But what's really cool is um you can like there's percent you title and percent URL. Okay, title and URL being uppercase. But then you can just put these in any format. So like the default suggestion is copy as Markdown format. They know their audience. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say there. They know their audience. Uh, But the other one that I do is copy as tab spaced because that way I get the title tab URL. Um, And that for me is incredibly useful because then I can paste that into a spreadsheet um, or Airtable and it will put the title in one column and the URL in the next column. And that um, is great for things like iOS Today um, and so on, so that I can just paste stuff directly into the show notes. And you can set up five of these. Um, and and that's just a really useful little... Um, I mean, I'm going to call it... It's almost, it's almost the gizmo category of extensions, where it's just like everybody should have one of these. You know, like, even if you don't necessarily need it right now, like, note it down for later, because you'll probably find an occasion where you do want this. And uh, another one that I was going to recommend... Um, is one that perhaps is a little geekier up on the, uh, you know, uh, recommendation chain. Uh, it's called Redirect Web. So Redirect Web basically will be, hey, whenever I land on uh, this this kind of URL, like, change it. Um, so, for example, uh, if, I ever get, if I ever get given a Reddit link of www.reddit.com, it will change this to old.reddit.com because I prefer the old Reddit interface, not the new Reddit interface because I apparently just that cranky about the new red interface um that you can use this for all sorts of things you know if somebody you know if i click on a link and it opens you know the rick roll video on youtube then it'll redirect me to a april fool's image search on DuckDuckGo. i don't know um whatever it is but it's very nice for things like that if you ever just want to you know have something that opens with a particular kind of um, url changed to something else you can do that
0: Another one that I would recommend is Downy, which is an app I got through Setup. But it is very automation-adjacent, in my opinion, because it allows me to download videos to watch offline. Um, I'm a, I'm getting, where I'm getting cranky lately is not about the Reddit interface. It's about algorithms. I feel like they are so good at distracting me, and, and all of us, frankly, that when I go on YouTube these days and I see something I want to watch, I'll just download it in Downey and watch it separately. And not get stuck into the rabbit hole of endless YouTube videos. And mm-hmm. the Downey works for just about anything that you can watch video on the web on. And I I really like it. And uh it's easy enough to put it in as an extension, whereas, you know, doing this manually is not always even possible. Uh, but it certainly isn't easy. And Downey makes it an automatic process.
2: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I really like Downey as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, it's part of setup. Uh, another one that I use, um, and this is definitely the, uh, the class of things where is this a Safari, uh, automation or is this a, it Rose uses a Mac automation because it's, it's a Safari extension, uh, for an app that you can install on your Mac, which is choosy. Yeah. Now choosy lets you say, okay, whenever I open this kind of link, So whenever I open a link from the Slack app, I want it to open in this browser. Whenever I open a link containing Relay.fm, I want it to open in Safari, whatever it is. But Choosy also has a Safari extension and Firefox extension, a Chrome extension, etc. Because then what I can do is I can say, hey, this page that I'm on, open it in this browser for me, please. Um, and that, for me, ends up being very useful because then I can, you know, open any link in any other browser whenever I want or need to. Um, which, you know, for the odd thing of, huh, this looks a bit weird, is it just looking weird in this browser or does it look weird in that browser as well, um, is is very useful. It's it's more so, for me, useful on the developer side of things, but, you know, it could be useful for a number of other people.
0: Now, there are some extensions that deal with um, dark mode right where
2: you've oh, got yeah. your,
0: your mac in dark mode and you want websites cuz it's really jarring if you're in dark mode to see a website show up with a white background uh the two that i have been bouncing back and forth between are dark reader and noir and you said noir as soon as i mentioned the topic so tell me yeah. why that's the winner for you
2: well for me um noir is, just ends up being the, the winner because i it's installed. It's working, and I use it. Um, and I also have it set so, it, like, with Noir, you can say, like, you know, please, default websites to being in dark mode when I'm in dark mode. Or you can. You, there are some other options as well. But you can also say, but not this website, please. Um, and that works very well for me, and I really like that. Um, but I haven't got a lot of experience with Dark Reader, so I'm wondering how you're feeling about that one. Well,
0: I it's basically the same thing. The the icon sort of looks like Darth Vader so i like that you know <laughs> but the uh, but the features are about the same i think what i'm going to do is is load up nor and try it and then i'll report back if there's any difference i suspect they're both fully adequate for the job how often are you in dark mode on your mac
2: so all of my devices switch to dark mode after sunset yeah um or at sunset um and um the other thing is is i do have um whenever i'm in sleep mode all of my well at least my iphone is definitely in dark mode um and so you know if i'm taking a nap in the afternoon or sleeping late or something then um yeah they they'll they'll be in dark mode during that even if the sun's up yeah so, yeah
0: the only problem with that is if you record videos after sunset you got to switch it back <laughs> but it's not that big of a deal
2: yeah no i mean like when i enter the podcasting focus mode um I, it checks if i'm recording ios today and if I am, then it puts my phone back to light mode. And then when I end podcasting focus mode, if it if my device is in light mode, it checks whether or not the sun's down. And if it is, then it turns on dark mode again for me. Um, so, you know, I, I work around that problem with more automations. But yeah, that, you know, especially living in the northern hemisphere and not like just like on the equator, but further north. Then. There's a good chunk of the year where it's fairly dark uh, for me. And uh, yeah, it's nicer to not have your retina seared. Especially if you do need to check something, you know, late in, late at night, early in the morning, or as I was recently on a plane, uh, where you know, um, you know, lights are dimmed because people are supposed to be trying to sleep. Having that person next to you with the phone that's like the eye of Sauron trying to get at you, you know, if it's it's in dark that. mode, it's not quite so, so painful.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what I will say is that for folks who haven't tried dark mode in a while, um, these plugins are are essential because Safari is like the worst violator. But otherwise. Most of the apps these days on the Mac are good dark mode players, and it really does work. It, when they first released it, it was kind of hit and miss, where you'd have a couple you know, white background apps anyway. Um, but that's really not the case anymore. Um, and while we're on this little side road, how do you trigger dark mode, Rose? You're an automator. I suspect you've got a fun way of doing it.
2: I mean, I just use the default settings for turn it on at sunset, please. Um, And That's pretty much it. Other than that, it's the automations I mentioned with, you know, checking if I'm in podcasting focus mode or sleep focus mode and turning it on or off um, when those modes are started and um, ended as appropriate.
0: Yeah, I use a a keyboard maestro shortcut because there is a keyboard maestro action called toggle dark mode, which is great because then it's just one shortcut that just jumps between them. And I give it the hyper key plus D. And I just, you know, I've mapped the hyper key using better touch tools. So so caps lock plus D, and I can switch it in between them, which is how I solve the problem of getting out of dark mode when I need to record.
2: Fair. That that works nicely. Yeah, I, I rarely find myself in dark mode when I don't want to be in dark mode uh, on macOS. So yeah. that works pretty well for me.
0: All right. you got, You want to talk about some more? I've got a few more here.
2: Well, I mean, one that I have, it's not exactly an automation tip, but it's definitely a Safari tip um, or, uh, you know, I've got, I've got two that I'm going to recommend those Safari tips rather than specifically automation ones. Um, baking soda and vinegar, um, you know, they make water. They also de video in Safari. Yeah. Um. So you, you end up with the nice native video player instead of the YouTube player or the Vimeo player or the twitch player or whatever it is um and so you know vinegar works on youtube baking soda works on the rest of the internet uh for you um and so that's that's definitely two that i'll recommend for that um and that's also great because it means that those videos have definitely got airplay support and so on if you if you want that um and then another one i'm going to recommend is um uh good links um because i love saving links to read later um and being able to just say like hey this is an article I'm going to want to be able to read it later and then being able to read that offline later you know yeah. assuming that I've opened good links on my device um, is very handy and also good links will default to using the reader view which means that you know I don't have to worry so much about um, you know ads and and stuff um, in in those articles so yeah I use good links for that as well. Uh, yeah. What about you? Any final recommendations? Um,
0: a couple. Again, I'm getting kind of off the thread of automation. A Grammarly. I guess that you could consider that automation. I'm a I'm a fan of the Grammarly grammar checker. Uh, I've never had faith in a grammar checker in my life, but this one seems to work for me. I pay them. I think like a hundred bucks a year, and they catch errors in my writing all the time. Uh, they've got a plugin for Safari which will will monitor as you're filling in text on a web form. Which I think is, is if you're going to have the service, you might as well use it. Um, Is that automation? I don't know. But it does make your writing better. (laughs) And then the Readwise apps. I'm a big fan of Readwise. And it's a spaced repetition system for the stuff I read in Amazon and on the web. And they now have a reader app. It's still in beta, but they've got plugins for that too. So saving stuff to Readwise, accessing Readwise, and saving to their reader is is very useful to me. And I, I use those plugins all the time.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of other Safari plugins out there, some of which are more automation related than others. Um, and we'll have to get to shortcuts in a minute, David, because shortcuts, um, you know, one of the, the changes with macOS Ventura is shortcuts actually has share sheet support now. So when you, you click on the share icon, then, you know, shortcuts that take URLs will actually show up. Um, you know, um, other than that, you can also, you know, have shortcuts appear in the right click menu as services and things like that, which can be very nice. Um, and you know like are those extensions yes and no um you know they're not extensions that you can go on the mac app store and download but they are certainly things that i use in safari um i will also just throw in a quick mention for my ad blocker of choice which is one blocker um i use that in combination with pihole um for uh my ad blocking needs around the home and yeah it, those work great for me um but uh other than that you know i've got got plenty of other ways that i'm automating safari going from the outside in which i guess we'll have to get to um after this
0: this episode of the automators is brought to you by network to code go to go.networktocode.com automators your network automation strategy begins with data explore Nautobot now network to code is a leading provider of network automation solutions they help companies transform the way their networks are deployed, managed, and consumed through a combination of software and services. In short, they bridge the gap between DevOps and network engineering. network Decode code is also the proud sponsor of the Nautobot project. Nautobot is a free and open-source network source of truth and network automation platform. And that's Nautobot, as in Network Automation Bot, in case you are wondering. It's the network CDMB you wish you'd always had. Are you struggling to manage network inventory? Are you using spreadsheets to manage your network data? Do you wish you had a better solution built to drive network automation? If so, you've got to check out Nautobot. Everything from inventory, IP addresses, VLANs, and even routing protocols and firewall policies can be stored and modeled. Nautobot is the authoritative source of truth for the network. Not only does NautoBot help you manage your data, but it has a rich developer API and ecosystem of apps that actually do network automation. NautoBot apps are also free and open source. You can use them to do things like network backups, config compliance, model firewall policies, and so much more. If you need to automate your network, this is the tool. Network automation begins with data. So get control of your data and take back control of your network with NautoBot. Ready to explore NautoBot? head over to go.networktocode.com slash automators and learn all the good things about Nautobot. Once again, that's go.networktocode.com slash automators. And our thanks to network to code for their support of the Automators podcast. So, Rose, we've talked about automation uh, from inside Safari. Let's go outside for a minute. Uh, We have apps we talk about all the time that we use for accomplishing automation. And some yeah. of them actually play pretty nicely with Safari. Uh, yeah, let's start with Bunch. I know that that's an app you use often, and Bunch has a bunch of Safari-related commands in it.
2: Yeah, I mean it, it, it's uh, grapef- uh, it's grape. It's grape. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to make a, a bunch grape joke here. It's not working yeah. very well. Let's move on from 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 the very not good puns. Yeah, um, but yes, Bunch does have excellent Safari support. So what you can do in Bunch is you can open Safari by typing in your Bunch safari that's it that 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 opens safari people that's that's, more important you can open
0: up urls right i mean that's
2: well that's just it so what you can do is a markdown style list underneath the word safari with a list of urls um or like you know one url per line it'll just go ahead and open each of those in a tab um and that works so darn well for me I, i i love it um and for um like bunches of urls that i'm going to repeatedly reuse i actually turn these into snippets so that then i can say like hey like run the automator's tab snippet um yeah. and things like that and that that works very well for me um and i've amped this up a little bit with um some apple script so um what i do with the um apple script is i have um apple script open a new web page or a new a new window, sorry.
0: Yeah.
2: Brand new window in Safari. So it's just a new empty window. Um, And then it'll open up uh, one particular web page that I use all the time um, whenever I am podcasting. And that is DuckDuckGo. And so this is just a little Apple script that opens a new window with DuckDuckGo. And so that gets run before any of my tab group sets. Um, And I say tab group sets. I'm not talking Safari tab groups. I'm just talking about sets of tabs that I need to open um for um you know automation purposes in bunch so it will first run that apple script and then it will open um the the pages i need so for automators i'll be you know the thanks for our sponsors and the relay cms so we can save all those good links and our automators uh, base which works very well for me
0: okay so let's put a pin in the apple safari tab group feature because there's an automation angle to that we definitely want to talk about but the thing you just mentioned saying use an automation tool outside of Safari to open a group of tabs in Safari, I think is the most frequently uh, desired automation from outside Safari. Like you want Safari not to just open up, but give you the tabs for your work project or uh, give you the tabs for your, you know, home banking or whatever thing it is that you do where you've got a bunch of tabs, you always want to open up repeatedly and mm-hmm. let's just take that one on, kind of from a macro standpoint. Um, bunch is one of the easiest ways to do it. Like Rose said, you put you you call Safari with the term Safari, and then you put Markdown links underneath, and you are good, and it opens them for you. Um, the other apps that do this that I use are Shortcuts, which has an open Safari, which has basically a you can add URLs to that command in in Shortcuts. And I mm-hmm. find that completely stable and works. And I, I don't have a problem. It opens each one in a new tab. And mm-hmm. key, Keyboard Maestro has a similar command where you can open a URL in Safari. And you can give it a list or you can open them one at a time. Uh, it's a little more granular with Keyboard Maestro. But I find, frankly, Shortcuts is perfectly adequate at doing this. The advantage for me of doing it in Shortcuts is that I can run it on any... Um, device. I can run it on Mm. iOS, iPad, or Mac. But uh, all three of these are great solutions for opening a group of tabs to do something. And uh, we're going to do a show. We've got it in the outline list of how we do setups, but that's a piece of it for me because so often part of my work is opening a group of tabs that are related to something I'm working on. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think anybody uh, that's listening to this that wants to get better at automation, the browser Safari uh, or any browser, frankly, should figure out the best way for them to open tabs because this really is, it's a, it's a beautiful little automation that's really easy to put together and every time you do it, it's it, you get that payback of the time saved, like the first time you run it, in terms yeah. of the uh, reliability and the speed. It's just you'll smile every time you you push that button because yeah. no, you know, no longer will you be uh, you know hunting and pecking through lists of bookmarks or typing things in.
2: Well, I mean that's one of the things you know I use this at work all the time because we have um, technical reviews of the things that we're going to be creating code for. Um, and implementing which is you know a a great thing that we should do and we recently added um, a new tool to this um, for you know helping us review things and getting more of a you know it's just an easier way for us to all communicate the data in a way that everyone's going to be able to see it and we can reference back to it and so we added Figma um, as as a tool for this. So now when I go to do the review I you know I, I need to open not just you know the the list of the stories um for the sprint and you know also be aware of you know other things that have previously been um s- done similar to that or future things that will be done related to that um which you know I I have um uh, but then I also need to open Figma so I just literally just added Figma to this and boom you know that that's it it's it's done um and I have to say one of the advantages of bunch as well is if I do change my browser i can literally just go change the word safari for safari technology preview and yeah that that's it kind of done Still um, works, you know yeah. yeah um and you know it, it's one of those things do, do i want to change this no i don't necessarily have any intention of changing this but you know the fact that i could if i wanted to um is definitely uh you know an appealing factor um and you know hopefully at some point if we get better tab group support in other automation things then, um, you know, just like a bunch can open different Chrome profiles, maybe you know it can also open things in particular Safari tab groups. That would be really cool, assuming that you know Apple give you know the, the support, uh, for this because right now that's kind of missing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just to just to continue on, obviously, um, you know, Keyboard Maestro also has some great integration options. Um, and one of the things that I do, um, which you know, maybe, maybe this is over the top and nerdy. Maybe this isn't. Um, but I actually have an automator's, um, keyboard master macro, which will activate, in this case, it's actually activating edge, but the same principle will, would apply with Safari, but it can activate a specific application and w- like then, and it can bring a window containing a particular title to the front. And this is really useful for doing things like podcast recording, because it can be like, Hey, Like the Safari window that contains this title is the thing that I need to activate when I press this button or this keyboard shortcut or whatever it is. And that can be very, very handy when you do have, you know, a bunch of different windows hanging around. But on top of that, you know, Keyboard Maestro has a whole bunch, I mean Keyboard Maestro always does, right? But it has a whole bunch of things like, hey, set the Safari URL to this, like this Safari tab, uh, go open the next Safari tab, or a new Safari tab, or a new Safari window, or wait for Safari to finish loading and focus this field, um, or you know, set this field to this text or set this checkbox and submit the form. You know, like it's it's kind of crazy. Like in a very good way, just to be clear. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it can even execute JavaScript in Safari, which if you're going, wait, what? Bookmarklet. Just like, you know, um, shortcuts can run um, JavaScript on a web page in Safari, that's a bookmarklet. And Kibo Maestro can do the same thing.
0: Yeah, and, and that is, you know, where you go next level with it. I mean, starting is opening a group of tabs, and then beyond that is having it operate on those tabs. And that's where I think... A tool like Keyboard Maestro and Apple Script become kind of essential because that that's what you need to like go to that next level. Um and I do want to talk about tab groups. Let's let's hold off on that because I think for a lot of people, especially right now as things stand, um, opening them through traditional automation means, like a bunch shortcut or keyboard maestro is frankly the best way. But there's pieces of this. Like one of the things Rose did that I thought was really smart is she runs an Apple script to open essentially a new window, and that mm-hmm. way this tab group you open has a distinct place that it exists in. Yeah. Um, another yeah. way you could do that is you could close your Safari window via automation, which you can mm-hmm. do in shortcuts and and Keyboard Maestro. I'm not. I think you could do. Yeah, you could do it in Bunch too.
2: Yeah. I mean, you can do that. So the reason why I specifically open a new window and then I open the existing tabs is because I often have windows open of stuff that I am currently doing the, uh, yeah. or that are for the next thing that I will be doing. And I don't want to close those and lose that. Now I could save all of those tabs to a tab group or something like that, um, which is fine. That's one way of doing it. But instead, I usually minimize my existing Safari windows yeah. Um, and then I open a new one and I just open the tabs that I need and that's it. Um, and by the way, when you open a new Safari window, it has to have a tab, which is why, you know, for me, it'll be the start page, but that's why I will use Apple script specifically to open it with the URL for Dr. Go, because that way it's not opening my start page. And then, you know, if I want to get rid of that because I activate it using command one, um, which you can, you can execute through anything. Um then um yeah, then I can then I can just use Command W to close that Safari tab. Um and then just have the tabs I need.
0: Yeah, then it's not a wasted tab in essence. Exactly. Um, yeah. But but you do need to address that problem when you started to start doing this is do you want these tabs to just lump on to whatever's currently in Safari, or do you want to open a new window? Do you want to close and reopen from fresh? Uh you need to kind of come up with a solution for that. And all of that stuff is it's fairly easy, but it's a problem you need to think through when you're starting. And, um, uh, But it, it it's not that difficult. And and this stuff, once you get rolling with it, is is really useful. I feel like shortcuts support for Safari is actually pretty robust. You know, there are points where shortcuts does good and other points where it falls down. There's one huge gaping problem, which we're going to talk about when we get to talking about tab groups. Um, but the uh, in general, I feel like uh, Apple's done a pretty good job of giving us a nice set of tools to uh, to automate Safari with. Uh, other than opening tabs, what other things do you do with shortcuts in Safari?
1: Well, n- not
2: necessarily specifically with shortcuts, but one of the things that I do do is that you know I make a point of closing um, Safari windows um, when um, I'm done with things. Um, and usually what will happen is, you know, it'll prompt me to close, um, you know, that window. And then that actually uh, runs, um, I think, I can't remember. I thought it was a keyboard maestro macro, but I'm now not seeing my keyboard maestro macro for this. So maybe it wasn't that. Um, but something I do have keyboard maestro do with Safari specifically is command Q dangerously close to command W. Yeah. The number of times we <laughs> have quit Safari yeah. instead of Whoops. closing a tab is just too many so I have a Safari well I have an action group in or a macro group sorry in um in um Keyboard Maestro which is enabled in Safari and Safari technology preview and whenever I hit command Q it'll just pop up and say hey did you mean to close this current application name if I say and it, it moves that to the center and if I say yes it quits it if I say no it doesn't quit it and that's it um and it's very, very, very simple. Um, it works exceptionally well. Um, but that 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 just does the thing that I need to do, which means I don't accidentally quit Safari when I'm not trying to quit Safari.
0: Yeah. Some of the other uh shortcuts actions that I think could be useful if you want to automate Safari. We talked earlier about duck duck go bang searches. You could make yeah. a cool little choose from menu um search for uh that f- using shortcuts because there is a command to search a uh, note that by default it's set to search google but you could say um um you know pick a platform i mean the better way to do this honestly would be just remember what the bangs are but if you can't if you have some obscure ones you just have it search duck, duck go and then have the the shortcut insert the bang short term in front of whatever your search term is and it'll run that for you in duck, yeah. duck go and get you a result
2: Yeah. I mean, I would actually, uh, you said choose from menu. Um, I'm just going to dump a little shortcuts pro tip in there for folks. I would actually use a dictionary. So then you've got like the name of whatever it is you're searching and then the, the value is the text and then you can just choose from list and then it will give you like the pretty names and it'll show you the, you know, what it is that you're actually getting underneath that. Um, and then, um, you know, you don't have to, you know, have a menu with text um, and your, your menu names, which is a little more efficient and just, you know, useful to, to much know about. More,
0: much more elegant. I gold star for Rosemary Orchard. Um, and then uh, there's some out there that allow you to pull details from web page or contents mm-hmm. from web pages and uh, I find those really useful for me when I see things I want to do further research on, like um, pulling information off the web and dumping it into a Craft note or something. Um, there's a lot of really good features in there that are Safari specific. If you want to use uh, shortcuts to to get more out of your browser,
2: yeah. So one of the things I actually use specifically the Get Details of Safari web page for is um, I use GoodLinks for saving things for later. Um, And this was um, a decision that I made. Um, I'd previously used Instapaper and Pocket, and I flip-flopped back and forth between them. But I decided that I wanted to go with GoodLinks. The only downside of GoodLinks is because it's using CloudKit for sync, which is great. Um, I love that. It doesn't have an API. So I can't say, hey, whenever I star an article in my RSS reader, save it to GoodLinks. But I can Because I use PushCut. Now, full disclosure, I am, you know, part of the team that helps develop PushCut. But um, what I do is I have my PushCut automation server, which is an iPhone mini sitting right here next to me at the moment as I record. It sits in my office. Um, And then what I can do is say, hey, whenever an article is starred in my RSS reader, uh, tell my PushCut automation server to run my save to good link shortcut with this URL. So it'll take the URL, it'll get the uh, you know get some details of it, saves it into Good Links, and that's it. Moves on its merry way, and so I still have full integration with you know all of the other things, and it's using the Safari actions in um, shortcuts to do that. So that works really nicely for me.
0: Yeah, and then like kind of next level of this is going to Keyboard Maestro if you want to perform actions on pages. I mean, I've talked about Grammarly already in this episode, but I prefer the Grammarly web browser to their native Mac app, which is pretty bad. And so I've just got a shortcut that opens up. Well, Actually, I don't use it anymore because I found a URL that gets me a new blank Grammarly document so I can just open that and paste into it. But before, I had to click a specific button on the screen to get a new one started and um, that's the kind of stuff where, you know, kind of keyboard maestro's muscle shows up. And if you want to perform a specific action on a web page, uh, keyboard maestro might be your uh, your a uh, tool of last resort there to, to get you mm-hmm. over that last mile.
2: Yes. Yeah. Though for anybody looking for something like that, I'd also encourage you to try searching for a bookmarklet because there's almost certainly going to be somebody out there who's had the same problem before and they'll be – Little piece of code that you can look at, and hopefully there'll be some nice comments on it from other people saying that they've used it and it works fine. So you actually know that it does do what it, you think it does. Um, you know the downside is you are running code in your browser, um, but the upside is you know then this this can work in any browser, including on iOS. Um, because I recently had, uh, too many saved items or save for later items in my Amazon basket. Um, and it was just one of those things where I was like, I'm running into the problem of I can't find the things that I'm definitely wanting to get later because I had too many things save for later. Um, and, uh, so yeah, I added the things I definitely wanted to save for later, like actively save for later into my, move them back to my regular basket and then used a little, uh, bookmarklet to get rid of all of the things from my save for later section. And that solved that problem very nicely.
0: Yeah, and, and we talk about the find and click on image feature in Keyboard Master every two or three shows here because it's just such a, an excellent automation tool. But it really is the tool of last resort because when you're asking the computer to find an image on the screen and click it automatically, there, there's always things that can go wrong. You know, a, a code-based automation is way more reliable. But, you know, sometimes Mm. you got to do it and it's there for you when you need it.
2: You say that, David. Uh, So I recently I have a little bookmarklet that I use at work. Um, We use Azure DevOps. And basically I click it and it would take bits of information off the page and give me a little pop up with an alert so I could copy some information out of it. Um, uh, So that I, I had the stuff that I needed in the right format so that I could just copy one thing and be done with it and move on with my life. And um it, it stopped working after Christmas and I was like, Well, this was working before Christmas. I know I took a little bit of a break over Christmas, but I didn't realize that things had changed that much. Everything looks the same. And then I did some digging and found out that they removed the IDs that I'd used as I created that bookmarklet. So like nothing nothing's perfect, nothing is uh, guaranteed to work, even if it's code. Um, but you know, I was able to fix that pretty easily, fortunately. But it was just one of those things where I was like, "Why isn't this working?" Um, and it, if I'd been using, you know, click at image um, to click at the various things and copy it and paste it, um, then you know, it would have it would have kept working. So, yeah, <laughs> win some, lose some on that.
1: This episode of Automators is brought to you by Text Expander. When you work in a small team, every moment counts. You don't want to be wasting your time finding video conferencing details to send to a new client. You don't want to track down those same FAQs from the company website again and again. These are the kinds of things you want at your fingertips so you can get your work done faster, and that's why you need Text Expander. With Text Expander, you can access what you type the most with just a few keystrokes, allowing you to work faster and eliminate repetition, letting you focus on what matters most to you. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your team's work. All you have to do is type a short abbreviation and TextExpander does the rest for you. You just build and collect your most commonly used phrases, messages, URLs, and more right within TextExpander. Then create your chosen abbreviation and they'll be with you wherever you type. You can even customize the snippets by having them automatically add in dates, fill in the blank fields, timestamps, and more. This will make sure you keep the personality in the communication that you send whilst staying productive. TextExpander is available on any device you use, across any app you use on Mac, Windows, Chrome, and iOS. I use TextExpander for all sorts of things, but the thing I love the most is the fact that the snippets sync. I update it in one place and it updates everywhere, which means going back to those company FAQs, yep, one person updates them on the website, updates Text Expander, and bam, everybody's got the latest information. If repetitive typing is getting you down, you need TextExpander. Check out TextExpander today at textexpander.com automators, and you can get 20% off your first year. That's textexpander.com slash automators to say goodbye to repetitive typing. Our thanks to Text Expander for their support of this show.
2: So, David, I feel like we've danced around tab groups. Yes, um, we have. Like, we've been doing a merry Can Jake. we dance with tab groups? Yes, we I mean, can. We kind of can. I kind of can. Kinda can. Um, but I do love tab groups. Um, they're, they're pretty awesome.
0: So tab groups are a feature Apple added, I believe, two years ago now, um, where you can it solves the problem we were talking about in the last segment of opening up a group of tabs to do a specific task. And then you can have them and you can just jump between them with a click of the mouse on the Mac or a selection on the iPhone or iPad. And I find I really like tab groups. I've gone so deep on them. You know, if I look now, I've got about 25 of them. And mm-hmm. they're they come and go. Some of them are, you know, like I have one for my car now. We got a new car, so I've got a bunch of tabs related to that cars. We're still trying to figure it all out. Um, and I've got some related to very specific things that I'm constantly. And I've got one called Automator's Record and Plan. I've got one mm-hmm. called Automator's Ad Recording. So one called Automator's Publication, which is three different tab groups related to this podcast that I do in three different contexts. And Anytime I want, I click on one of those, and it just opens them up for me, it gives me exactly what I want, and I love them. Um, but and there is a but, <laughs> Apple hasn't got is. its automation act together fully with this stuff yet.
2: No, I mean the thing that for me is missing straight off the bat is reset my tab group. Like I want to be able to reset my tab group back to like just those tabs that I had when I started. Because yes. my tab group is actually something that, like, this is the basis, and then, like, I'm going to open other things as we go. So, you know, as we're recording automators, I'm opening links to, you know, the bunch documentation on, you know, opening web pages and things like that. So I can put the links in the show notes. And I do my best to close those and clean up as we go. But there's a reason, well, there's more than one reason why I'm not using tab groups for this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things where it's a little sad um, that I can't do everything that i wanted to with this but you know also you know this is a start um the automation team maybe have yet to get their hands on this
0: yeah and it's i think i call that kind of like tab pollution when you have a group and then suddenly there's other things in it or maybe you Mm -hmm. get a phone call and then you go off on some other wild tangent during the phone call to answer a question and then you've got this this uh, additional tab in this group that doesn't belong there and it's just kind of a a roadblock so like what rose is saying wouldn't it be great if i could push a button and it went back to the five basic tabs that i always want in this tab group and got rid of everything else mm-hmm. um, i think that is that's something we need The the other thing that just drives me nuts is there's a shortcuts action on iphone and ipad to open a tab group great right yep. I, i'm on my ipad um i can do what i would call a setup to yep. um start getting ready to research for the automators podcast it opens up a tab group as part of that sets a timer does all that cool stuff go over to my mac open up the safari action list and guess what there's not an action for a tab group (laughs) i i that that is the brick wall i smash into with tab groups on a daily basis i want this stuff automated i don't want to be opening up the left tab and mousing over and all that nonsense. I'm an automator. I don't need to do that stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't have it. The only way I can get around it is a keyboard maestro action using the find and click on image that I mm. just told you about. <laughs> but yep. but the trick to that is, it it and there are tricks to it, because first of all, the left, left sidebar has to be open for it to find the image. And yeah. you you can have it toggle that, but it may toggle it off. And the other thing is, sometimes if the tab group is already selected, it's got a different background color than it does if it isn't selected. And there are ways to program around this stuff at the Keyboard Maestro. But the more you know, the way the more times you have to deal with those contingencies, the less stable it gets. And the action already exists on the iPhone or the iPad, so it's like, why isn't it there?
2: yes and i think it's it's just one of those things where like mail on ios and mac are clearly different apps safari on ios and mac are clearly different apps yeah Um, whereas reminders and notes and so on they seem to have consolidated everything and brought that all together and we're not there yet with um mail and safari and that's that's not a complaint for the mail team or the safari team or and you know you know if you want those to stay separate then you know the I'm I'm not saying that they shouldn't still be, you know, the super powerful apps they are, but I really think it would be beneficial to everybody if somebody sat down with the teams and was like, hey, so you know these safari actions, let's just get them all in everywhere. Yeah, yeah. come on. Everything A- everywhere, parody. please.
0: You know, that's what I want. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Um, so yeah, that I mean that that's what that's not just what we want, that's what we need. Because we shouldn't have to be going through oh, Oh, so if this is a Mac, then I want to run a Keyboard Maestro macro. Um, but this, if this is an iPhone or an iPad, then I want to do this. And if this is an Apple Watch, how on earth did this start running in the first place? Uh, I just want to exit. Um, yeah. And it, it gets very frustrating when you're trying to deal with all that.
0: And honestly, if they get it sorted out, I mean, we're recording this just a little bit before June, maybe this year. You know, we'll get an update to Safari that and, autom- yeah. and um, shortcuts that fixes this. I could see myself kind of abandoning all of these complicated automations I've put together over the years and just going to this because yeah. it's, it's been absolutely reliable. The stuff I leave in a tab stays in the tab. Um, I think it's really a nice solution that, you know, people who don't listen to the automators podcast can take advantage of, but if you give us the automation hook, the automators can take advantage of it too. And yeah. I would really like to see that come to fruition this year. It's been long. enough. Yes.
1: Yeah, exactly, and
2: you know, it's not like anybody's saying like we hate tab groups. I love tab groups, but it would be very nice to have a little bit more control and so on over them, so that I can reset them. I can, you know, say, hey, this tab group just has these tabs in, and so on. You know, right-click and close X, like tabs to the right and tabs to the left can be very useful within tab groups, um, yes. so that I can I can you know just get things back to the basics. Assuming that all the important things are on the left or on the right as needed, but it's still. You know, it's still just another thing that's just uh, kind of on top of everything that maybe is not necessarily quite what anybody wanted.
0: You know, what would be interesting feature in tab groups is um, the idea of pinning a tab or locking a tab to say mm-hmm. in this tab group, these tabs are always available. And Yeah,
2: because we do have pinned tabs. And honestly, that's kind of how I work around this when yeah. when I'm using them, um, you know, to, to an extent of I'll, I'll pin the most important tabs. Um, and then, you know, everything else, just close all the tabs and I've still got the pin tabs. Um, it doesn't always work perfectly, but it works fairly well.
0: Yeah, but the problem with pin tabs is they show up everywhere. Now, if you could have contextual pin tabs, like yeah, if I'm in this tab group, these are the pin tabs. But from that tab group, those are the pin tabs. Something like that would be really a nice solution. And then it'd be very easy to see the, you know, the kind of junk tabs that get added as you're doing the project and make it really easy to clear those out. And then mm. kind of reset it, like you were saying. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, Apple just give me and Rose a dayo up there to talk to a couple of engineers. We'll we'll sort it out for you. No problem.
2: I think David, you've just made me realize I've I've had a Safari bug every once in a while where like a tab can't be moved to another window. Like it kind of duplicates itself in, into the two windows, but then if I activate it in one, it deactivates in in another. I think you have just made me realize how that happened. It's due to pin tabs. I'm gonna see if I can yeah. replicate that later and finally file that bug report with the detail it needs. Because just like yeah. sometimes Safari goes weird, is not a good bug report.
0: Yeah, and I don't use the pin feature that often. When it first released, I used it more, but now I prefer to use automation to, to to generate tabs for me or use tab groups themselves. And boy, I feel like you know I'm being too negative on the tab groups. It is a great feature, and it's so close. But there, it just needs a bit more.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, in particular, I use it when it's like, oh, you know, actually, I'm going to go over to another machine now, and I, I kind of want like pretty much all of this stuff, so I'll like stick everything in a tab group, and then I can go to the other machine and open all of the tabs, um, you know, at the same time in in a new in in the window over there, and then I don't have to worry, you know, like I can get the individual tabs one at a time over from another machine. Um, but this is just a nice way of being like, hey, you know, like send all these over, please being done with
0: them. All right. I want to switch topics real quick. Um, There is a little bit of a white whale in my life. I have the Max Barkey labs and I've had several members write me and ask me to make a video explaining how to automatically download credit card statements in Safari. And I've done various experiments on this and never been happy with the solutions I come up with. And you know, one of the big things is this is financial information you've got to like authenticate into these websites And a lot of them have different formats as to how to download the statements. And honestly, the time I spend chasing this, I feel like isn't worth it. To the, I, no. it, This is something where I almost feel like it's easier just to manually go in and download them every few months. And um, maybe this isn't something that you should be automating. But I wanted to talk to the pro Rose and see what your thoughts are on it.
2: I mean, honestly, my my instinct with this is if you don't know how to write the code to write something that can just log in and do this for you, you shouldn't be doing this. Um and even if you do know how to write it, then hopefully you also know enough about security to realize why this is not necessarily a great idea. My concern with any automation related to this is not just the automation that's gonna do this, but it's also the bank's own security of, huh, this thing's automatically, you know, this this is happening at exactly. 311 a.m. every, you know, um first Saturday of the month. Interesting because, you know, banks do watch out for stuff like that. They should do. Um, you know, at least I sincerely hope that all the banks that everybody listening to this is using is doing stuff like that. And so you've got both, you know, the security of like, well, these details are being stored in a thing that's going off and automatically doing this and also um you know the other side of it where the bank is watching you know what happens with an account and going this looks like suspicious activity like somebody's being hacked or something even if it's just downloading a credit card statement that that still has information on that is you know private and personal um so uh, you know what i would honestly do if you really want to automate this i do two automations um one automation opens the website <laughs> And then you auto fill your login credentials or don't autofill your login credentials, especially if it's one of those banks where you get have to get something texted to you. Or in my case, I have to open an app on my iPhone and get a particular code from that app, which changes it on a regular basis. It's like 2FA, but it's special to the bank app. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and I have to put that in. And then once I've done that, then I would run another automation which like opens like the right bit on the web page for me and then and then downloads it or something but that is as automated as i would go with this. honestly
0: i I think the way i kind of do it now that we're talking about i have a tab group called banking and um yeah in it i've got the various web pages which i usually have to re-log into every time i go to the tab group anyway yeah and then there's also automation you could do with reminders or OmniFocus to remind yourself to do it but i actually was relieved to hear rose that you uh you don't do this either because I felt like I was uh, letting people down. But the more I looked into it, the more I felt like it was it was uh, something not worth pursuing.
2: The IT person in me is genuinely quite concerned at the security implications of something automatically yeah. logging into my bank to download this information. So, um, yeah, yeah. Like, if, if you're considering doing this, folks, you know, by all means, automatically open up all the web pages you need to download bank statements and credit card statements from, By all means, create an automation that clicks at the right thing on the web page thanks to Hebrew Maestro or just opens the URL of that thing after you've logged in. That's fine. But yeah, maybe just leave the logging into the human... um. You know, some things aren't worth automating, when, especially when it comes to financial security.
0: And uh, the Automators podcast never wants to be responsible for having the black helicopters land on your house. So, <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, I don't. I, I would hope it wouldn't go as far as the black helicopters landing on your house, but it certainly could be a case of. You know, like worst case scenario, if you accidentally upload a keyboard maestro macro that contains your login information, somebody else could be logging into your bank account and yeah. looking at a bunch of stuff you don't want them to look at yeah. or taking all of your money and taking putting your it money. somewhere that you can't have. So, yeah, like, please be careful with this stuff, people. Um, you know, it's very tempting to go ahead and automate everything. And, you know, I I know this, you know, I am this, uh, but yeah, also we, we, we know the to do sickness. with your finances.
0: We know the sickness, but.
2: Yeah, nothing to times. do with your finances, please. All right.
0: Well, either way, we are the Automators Podcast. You can find us at relay.fm slash automators. We want to thank our sponsors today, ExpressVPN, Network Decode, and Text Expander. Uh, you know, we have an ad-free version of the Automators. It's called the Automators Max. Every time we release a new episode, those Max subscribers get an ad-free version with some additional content. Today in Automators Max, Rose and I are going to be talking about spam blocking foreign languages. That's a thing Mm -hmm. now. You get a lot of email from people with different languages. Rose and I have got some strategies for that. We're going to cover that in Automators Max. Otherwise, we'll see you next time.
1: Goodbye, folks.